Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome, friends, to another r slash malicious compliance video. Today, we've got a story about a place demanding a second parent's address for a second parent that had already passed away. But first, a story from Quixie Quirk. No calls and I can't leave the floor? Okay. This story harkens back to ye olden days when Blockbuster and Hollywood Video were the things to do on a family-friendly Friday, and cell phones were still something most people didn't really consider necessary aka the 90s. I took a job at a video store near my house. It was a small family-owned store with three different branches in town. The job was wonderful. I loved movies and games. It was close to my residence and school. I even got free video game rentals and a discount from the sub shop next door. The video store was located in a beautiful old building from the 1920s. It had marble stairs and a really amazing cage elevator that led up to the storage and employee lounge. The job was perfect for me. The hours were flexible, the pay was decent, but the one drawback to this was my supervisor, let's call her Amanda, because that was her name. Seriously, screw Amanda. Amanda was on the older side and seemed not to be content with how her life had turned out. As a result, she took all of her frustrations out on anyone she could especially those people who she worked with who happened to be younger. If you were a college student like myself, you earned a special extra helping of disdain from her. I mean, really, how dare you decide to actually have aspirations of making more than $7.50 an hour? While I'm generally fairly tolerant of people like Amanda, she really went the extra mile to annoy me as much as humanly possible. She was bitter, mean, petty, and did anything and everything she could to just be plain unpleasant. She wasn't even nice to customers. The only upside to this attitude was that she didn't let Karen customers get away with their Karenness. I might have been able to take more if she happened to be particularly knowledgeable or good at her job. She was neither, and only appeared to have the job because of good old nepotism. She was the daughter-in-law of the owner. She knew nothing about movies or games or gaming systems or anything we rented or sold. When a customer had a question, she would pawn them off on another employee. When she had a problem with the computers, who did she call to fix it? Me. When there was a delivery that needed to be checked into the system, who did she call? Me. When stock needed to be dragged up to the stockroom, that would be me again. Any unpleasant task that came up, she would always try to give it to me. Generally, she hid in the back watching TV or talking on the phone, which did tie up the store's landline for literally hours, or doing anything and everything she could to avoid doing her actual job. When I brought up Amanda to Ken, the owner, he simply sighed and gave the pained look and asked me to try to bear with it and stay out of her way if I could. I got the distinct impression that Ken didn't much care for her either, but she was his daughter-in-law. He did his best to try and make sure I wasn't scheduled to work with her, but at least once a week, I had to work with this paragon of kindness and light. One day, I was on the phone with a customer discussing the late fees on their account when Amanda wanted to make a call. 
This resulted in Amanda ripping me a new one in front of an entire store of people. It was a Saturday and we were packed to the rafters. She was yelling so loudly that the woman on the phone asked me if we were being robbed and whether we should call the police. Before I could answer, Amanda yanked the phone out of my hand and slammed it into the cradle. You are never, ever to be on that phone, you understand me? While I was desperately aching to headbutt her, I bit my tongue, took a deep breath, counted to 10. When that didn't work, I counted to 20, then 50. Instead of telling her I'd hoped that she'd be ravaged by rabid wolverines, I simply smiled and said, All right. This seemed to annoy her even more than if I'd gotten angry. She stormed back to the office, and I took a stream of customers all of whom asked me if I was okay, and one offered suggestions on how to dispose of a body. I appreciated all the suggestions, but I had plenty of my own ideas, and while evisceration with a pair of rusty safety scissors might be a fulfilling immediate solution, it probably wasn't good for my lifetime goals. Unless those goals involve a jail cell, and becoming overly acquainted by a thick woman with one eyebrow named Big Betty, Instead, I checked it off in my big book of voodoo curses and hoped I'd have a chance to pay Amanda back for her thoughtful gesture of embarrassing me in front of half of the metropolitan area. Still, there were a few more pieces to be laid out for my malicious compliance, and Amanda wouldn't disappoint me. The next piece came, perhaps a month later. I had been at work for about seven hours of my nine-hour shift, and had only seen Amanda once, and that had been when she left the store. Considering I only had two hours left of my shift and hadn't yet taken a break, I really needed to go to the bathroom. I told my coworker I was heading to the restroom. This was, however, apparently not in keeping with Amanda's view for the universe. She actually began to bang and kick the bathroom door, demanding I come out. I took my time, washed my hands, adjusted my hair, and calmly walked out of the bathroom. While she began to scream, I ignored her and walked up to the front of the store and took the cart of movies to be reshelved. She grabbed the front of the cart and swiped the movies off of the top. She then informed me of my questionable parentage, told me that I liked to passionately hug mothers, and that I was a female dog. Really, I had no idea about any of these things about myself. I thought all that time I was just your regular everyday college student. I could have probably gotten on television if I'd known how unique I was sooner. Amanda told me that under no uncertain terms was I to ever leave the floor while I was on the clock. Again, I summoned an inner calm that would have made Gandhi proud. I forced a smile and nodded, alright. While I seemed calm on the outside, I'd made up my mind that I would have my chance. No matter how small, I would have my moment. That shining moment came on a lazy and blissfully quiet morning. As it was a morning, it would just be me and Amanda. Hopefully she would stay in the office and I wouldn't have to deal with her at all. When I came in, there were workmen in the back working on the elevator. One of the guys came up and told me that he needed a part and he would be back tomorrow to finish up the work. Annoying as I would now have to schlep armfuls of heavy tapes up the stairs, but it wasn't the end of the world. The light of my life arrived a few hours later without a word to anyone. I stood at the front putting Be Kind Rewind stickers on a batch of new arrivals when I noticed Amanda through the back door getting into the elevator. After the man told me that he needed a part, it didn't even occur to me that the elevator had the power on 
and I had a moment of amusement at thinking that Amanda was going to have to take the hated stairs. She was, above all, lazy. However, it seemed the elevator did indeed have power and worked. At least it worked just enough to go half a floor and then stop. It was just close enough to the upper floor that climbing out onto that floor was impossible and just far enough from the lower floor that climbing out was impossible. I couldn't believe my eyes. Malicious compliance activated. I couldn't entirely see Amanda as she tried to open the door and get out, but I could hear her. The sounds of frustration increased until I heard the most beautiful sound I ever heard. Amanda yells, OP! A slow smile reminiscent of the Grinch curved my lips. I walked to the very edge of the sales floor and called out, Yes? She says, The elevator's stuck. Can you open the door from your side? I say, I don't know. I can't see it from here. She huffed in annoyance. She says, Well, get over here and try to open it. I say, I can't do that, Amanda. She says, Why the intercolorful verbiage here? Not. I say, I'm not allowed to leave the floor while I'm on the clock under any circumstances. She says, are you, enter another even naughtier word here, kidding me? I say, you said it yourself. Since I value my job, I can't possibly go against orders. A stream of curses came from the locked and stuck elevator. I'm pretty sure I'm still not old enough for all the things I heard that day. She says, call maintenance. The number should be in the office trying to sound as innocent and sympathetic as I could possibly manage while also not trying to burst out laughing. I can't do that either. I'd have to leave the floor to go to the office. She says, you think you're real? So many naughty words. Funny, don't you? I say, I don't know what you mean. She says, call Ken then. I know you know his number. I say, well, I would, but I'm not allowed to use the phone, remember? Amazingly, there were no curses. There were no screams. There was not even one word telling me that my parents were never married. It was silent. I think for the first time she realized that she might actually be in a little trouble. She was stuck in a position entirely of her own making with no way out of it for the foreseeable future. She says, OP, please just get me out of here. I say, I'm sorry, Amanda. I'm just following orders. All pretense of niceness was dropped, as she proceeded to inform me of all of my imagined faults and those of my parents, friends, and any other relatives I might have or think to have in the future. Then she sealed her fate. She yelled at me that I was fired. In truth, I really only planned on letting her stew for a few minutes, but after that? Nah. I say I'm fired? Okay, then I guess I'll head home. Oh, I should also let you know that Bill called and said he'd be in at 7 instead of 5. He has to pick up his brother from the airport. So, I guess he'll be in there for a while yet. I hope you've got a book or something. She says, what you bleeping bleep? How the bleep do you bleep think you can bleeping do this to me? When I get out of here, I'm going to come bleep you in your bleeping bleep, you bleep bleeping bleeping bleep. Wow. Okay, yeah. Have fun with that. Have a good one. I'll leave my name tag and shirt on the front desk. Amanda says, wait. I say, bye. Amanda says, wait. I say, don't worry. I'll lock up on my way out and I'll put up a sign so people know we're closed. She says, OP, wait. I didn't mean it. Come back. I walk up front, wrote out a sign that we were closed until 7 p.m. due to unforeseen circumstances. 
The very last thing I heard from Amanda before I opened the door was, but I have to pee. Still snickering to myself, I locked the door and drove the 45 minutes out to Ken's house to let him know the shop was closed. Could I have gone the five minutes to my house and called? Sure I could. Did I? Nope. Ken seemed a bit surprised to see me there. Ken says, I thought you were working today. I say, oh, I was, but Amanda fired me. Ken says, she's not allowed to do that. All hiring and firing goes through me. She knows that. Don't worry, I'll call her. I think maybe it's time to talk to my son about her. I can't keep her on with her acting like this. I say, I don't think she'll be able to answer the phone. Ken gave me a long, sharp look as I tried very hard not to smile. Then I gave up entirely and just smiled broadly back at him. Ken says, Opie? I say, yes. They say, what did you do? I say, me? I didn't do a thing. I only followed her orders. Ken leaned down to meet me eye to eye and said, what happened? I gave him the full tale. From her telling me that I couldn't use the phone under any circumstances, to her telling me that I wasn't allowed to leave the sales floor when I was on the clock. Then I told him about her being stuck in the elevator. Ken says, you didn't tell her the elevator was broken? I say, I didn't even realize it had power. Ken just stood there looking at me gobsmacked and then started laughing. I should really go let her out. He paused for a minute and looked down at his dirty hands and clothes, then up at me. But I really shouldn't leave those flowers half planted and then I should probably take a shower. I don't want to make that drive covered in dirt. I say, oh, of course not. You've got a really nice car and it would be a lot of work to get that much dirt out of your seats and carpet. Do you need some help with the planting? Ken nodded solemnly back at me and gave another chuckle. It took probably another hour to finish planting the flowers. Ken told me that I'd be paid for the day and sent me home with assurances that I did indeed still have a job and that he would deal with Amanda. I fully enjoyed the rest of my half day off. I did hear from Bill that when he got there, the elevator repair guy had just arrived and that Amanda ended up spending about five hours stuck in the elevator. After that day, I only ever saw her one more time. She glared daggers at me as I waved happily to her as she carried a bag of her things out to her car. Whenever I think about it, I still get a little smile on my face. Besides, I only did what she told me to. I mean, I don't blame OP for doing this to somebody that is literally essentially their mortal enemy and treated them so badly, but man, is it kind of a harsh thing to do because... I would be terrified in that elevator and being left there for hours. I know one thing's for certain, even if I pried those doors open, I don't know if I would want to crawl out unless somebody's like guaranteeing me it'll be okay. I watched Final Destination at too young of an age to be okay with elevators. Our next story is from Home and Hell. Will the plot number work for the address? My dad passed away when I was 10 years old, and this story takes place about a year or two afterwards. I honestly don't remember exactly how long it had been since a lot of this had been going on to blur those years together, but I do remember my mom was still very distraught about his death. I think this was one of those first times I actually saw her leave the house since his passing. Also, I'm naturally very tiny, so while I was probably like 12, I definitely looked like at least half that. On this fateful day, I had to go to the doctor's office. I think I had pink eye, but again, I don't really remember. My mom sat me down in the little receptionist office and grabs the paperwork to fill out. 
My mom's always used humor to deflect her pain, so it wasn't strange to hear her mumble, second guardian slash parent address. I don't know how heaven's addressing system works. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Guess that's going to be left blank. What was strange was when she returned to the receptionist counter. I was bored out of my mind and it was a tiny waiting room, so all I could do was watch the scene unfold. My mom turns to come sit with me again, but has stopped. Excuse me, ma'am? My mom turns back around to face the receptionist. Yes? You didn't finish your paperwork. My mom, ready to do her job and ensure her daughter had medical care ASAP, grabs the paperwork off the counter. She flips through it and says, No, looks like I got it all. They say, Ma'am, we need a second parent listed. She says, Oh, um, he's no longer in the picture. They say, I'm sorry, but I still need an address. My mom lowers her voice, almost quiet to hear, I mean, he passed recently. I don't have an address. They say, ma'am, I can't file the paperwork without one. Her voice is no longer lowered. He's dead. I can't give you one. They say, then I can't file the paperwork. She says, so you're telling me that I need my deceased husband's current address to get my daughter looked at? She says, yes, ma'am. I can't file the paperwork until it's been completed. My mom isn't normally one to make a scene, especially not somewhere like a doctor's office. Keyword, normally. I watched my mom open her mouth, close it, take in a deep breath, and nodded. My mom then spoke loud. I almost think she embellished the heartbreak in her voice, making sure everyone and anyone could hear her. Well, I hope a plot number works for my husband's address because that's all I can give you. The woman immediately starts to panic. There's no way her bosses didn't just hear that, and I could already see people standing up. I assumed to defend my mom's honor. She started trying to take the paper from my mom's hands. No, no, don't worry, I don't need one, this is good enough. She glared at the woman. No, you said you can't file without an address, so I'm giving you one. My mom's also super stubborn when she gets frustrated. She held onto those papers like they were my dad's final words. Tears were streaming down her face, though I'm still not sure if it was from anger, grief, or an equal mix of both as she scribbled out his plot number. She didn't move from the desk, but it didn't matter. Everyone was looking at her in stunned silence. My mom had to grab her phone to get the proper number, which involved returning to our seats where her purse was. Everyone turned to glare at the receptionist when they saw my poor mom had a child. When she did return with her phone, a different woman was standing up front. 
She politely told my mom the plot number wasn't necessary, apologized for the other person, and told her she could happily return to her seat if she likes. Did I already mention my mother was stubborn when pissed? The tears were still coming, but my mom had a blank expression. You cannot file my paperwork without a second parent's address. I will provide you with one. And after a second of navigating her phone, confirmed what she wrote down was correct and returned to our seats. The other receptionist did not return while we were there. I also remember my mom being pleasantly surprised when she went over the bill for that. Got a hefty discount, like 60% off. I've heard similar stories like this before, where they ask for a second parent's address or a second guardian's address, and, you know, the embarrassment comes from not knowing that they're just gone. But I've never heard one where the parent literally says, oh, they've passed away, and still have the receptionist go, doesn't matter, I need an address. Like, literally, what can you do? There is no second guardian. If there's a single parent, you just can't fill out the paperwork? (laughs) The receptionist was on one. Our next story is from Fluffy Fluffy Cake. Yes, I'll get you a coffee, but your laptop order goes back to the bottom of the pile. In the early 90s, I worked for an international airline company in the IT department as desktop support. I was the first woman in IT for that company, and most companies in my country back then. The company was located at an international airport, and the company was housed in many buildings and airplane hangars spread across and around the airport. The buildings I serviced were mainly the hangars meant for airplane maintenance. Every six weeks, we would order all the IT equipment that was requested, stuff like specialized printers, computers, terminals, etc. My job was to take the equipment, set it up, and have the person responsible for said equipment to sign off on it. If it wasn't signed off for for whatever reason, the equipment came back with me. It would be returned to the vendor and had to be reordered by the department. Being a woman in her early 20s in a male-oriented profession and dealing with mostly airplane maintenance men, I had to deal with a lot of crap and misogyny. From snickering men having set up their computers I was supposed to service, with hardcore adult entertainment screensavers, to men refusing to let me touch their computers and demanding I get a male colleague to do it. Most of the time, I just pretended not to have seen or heard what was going on, finish setting up their hardware, have it signed off, and leave. Until that one day, I just had enough of their BS. That day, I had a trolley with me stacked with a bunch of printers and one laptop. Back then, only management got a laptop and if one was delivered, it was kind of a big deal. Remember, I'm talking about the Windows 3.11 era. I walked into the airplane hangar with my stacked cart, setting up printers throughout while a team of airplane maintenance dudes were servicing a cargo plane. The minute I walked in, there was catcalling, whistling, and, hey baby, where you going with all that heavy equipment? As usual, I ignored them and just plowed on so I could get the freak out of there. When I was done with the printers, I had to go find this manager who would order the laptop and set it up for him. Airplane hangars are weird places. It seemed to be one giant space with some glass offices just off to the side. But it does have all these nooks and crannies that seem to be nothing, but are actually small offices or storage spaces. It's hard to find the right place to be sometimes. So I walk up to a bunch of maintenance guys that are just about to take a break and ask them where I can find Mr. Manager Dude, when one of them goes, Hey baby, you all done with this heavy stuff? 
I'd like a black coffee with sugar, and my colleague here wants an espresso. To the five or six other guys, this was hilarious, and they started shooting off about how they wanted their coffees. One of them actually brought out a tray and handed it to me, telling me to be quick about it. I'd about had enough, and a thundercloud must have been forming around my head because Mr. Manager Guy, I assumed because he was wearing a suit, who just walked around the corner snickers and goes, Aw, what's up, sweetie? Got your period? Of course, this was heartily laughed at by the other guys. I asked Mr. Manager Guy if he wanted a coffee too, and which kind. I can't remember which kind it was, but I took my cart with the laptop on it, drove it to the coffee machine, made all the coffees, drive it back over, and handed everyone their coffee order. When I handed Mr. Manager Guy his coffee, he said, Okay, honey, let's go. I'll show you my office so you can set up my new laptop. I looked him in the eye, smiled, and told him, I can't, as I'm late for my next appointment with all the coffee orders. I really have to run. Unfortunately, your laptop will have to be returned and you'll have to reorder one. So, I'll see you in six weeks. Bye. Of course, he tried to tell me that he really needed that laptop now, and the coffee thing was all in good fun and I shouldn't be so sensitive, blah blah blah. When I kept on walking with my cart, it turned ugly pretty soon. I was a witch and he was going to have me fired, did I have any idea who he was, etc. I just silently chucked everything in the car and drive off with him screaming after me. He did try to get me fired, but my manager had my back and made sure his reorder was delayed a few times to teach him a lesson. When I finally delivered his laptop four months later, he was very respectful though. Unfortunately, it wasn't the last time I had to deal with this kind of crap. Thankfully, this kind of stuff just isn't as tolerated anymore as time goes on. But isn't it disappointing to know that this still goes on for a lot of people? Literally imagine going into work every single day knowing that you're going to get harassed, have some very vulgar things about you said to you just because you're walking by them. It's just insane. Our next story is from No Lime 9456 Want to steal the cook I'm supposed to be training and expect me to do everything in the kitchen by myself during lunch rush because you want to sit on your butt and do nothing? Okay, but expect me to actually follow company procedures to a T. I used to work for the Dirty Bird, KFC for anyone that doesn't do Aussie slang. And after maybe two years of hounding my immediate management team that you can't operate a kitchen, especially one that works with raw chicken, with just one person, and still expect everything to be done in a timely, food-safe manner, they finally decided to listen to me and allowed me to start training some of the staff that were available to work school hours out there. I was told to make sure I taught them properly, that they would be able to pass a restaurant operations compliance check, which wasn't the problem. I knew I could do that. I'd been working that kitchen for about 10 years. I know I said I'd been hounding at them for two years, but we'd gone through the restaurant being purchased by another company and they changed quite a few things and started trying to enforce insane requirements related to sales being made versus staff on shift. We went from three front, three drive-through lane, one burger, two cooks, and a person floating wherever needed on our busiest nights to one front, two drive-through, one burger, one cook, and no floaters, respectively. The malicious compliance comes in around here. The day I was supposed to train the first person, we'll call Tina, I was only given the half hour either side of the lunch rush and lunch rush itself. The first half hour goes fine. 
I get them acquainted to the kitchen, how things should run, and what's expected of them over lunch. As we start getting into lunch rush, every few minutes my manager on is yelling that they need Tina to help out with a drive through Tina tried to argue with this, as did I. They had the normal staff they'd have any other day, plus it was one of the quieter days, so really they should have been fine. Eventually the manager comes out to the kitchen, tells me they're taking Tina and putting her on burgers. I've had it by now and I just say alright, fine, but you better make yourself available to come out here and help because I'm not breaking your instructions about training them. So normally I could prepare a full run of chuck in under 10 minutes, fastest in the store, had even gone to a silly little event referred to as KFC Games where they could see who can do the job the best, followed by the fastest and I absolutely smashed that, but not today. I, today, was going to painstakingly examine every piece of chicken, make sure there wasn't anything left on them at all, bruised piece in the bin, a knob on the thigh full of feathers, normally I'd tear the knob off and save myself a few minutes, not today, I'm supposed to pluck every last feather off that knob. Eventually my manager comes out of the office, because the person serving the front counter has started whining at them because I had the cookers going off and wasn't doing anything about them. They ask what's going on, and I told them, Sorry, I'm Red Cook today. Company policies are Red Cook doesn't lift product up for any reason. Besides, as you can see, I'm still preparing the last run you gave me and I can't leave raw chicken unattended. You could practically see the steam coming off them, but I didn't care. I could hear the hangry customers yelling at my manager because their food was taking so long. I had to prove a point, and I was sticking to my guns. The manager finally gives up, comes out to the kitchen defeated, and starts dealing with the cooked product instead of sitting in the office on their phone. I never did get it through to them that if they want a kitchen to run in a food safe manner with the speed of a fast food restaurant that they needed more people on, but that wasn't my problem. A few months later, I'd quit the place anyways, and they struggled to get anyone that was willing to pull 7am to 6pm shifts because all the school kids would never show up on time. But that's a different story. I mean, let's put it this way, I think it's common sense, and I'd even be willing to bet that the manager knew that they needed more people to make it work. It's just they weren't ever going to do that because money talks. They just don't want to hire more people. And our final story of the day is from Stinky Feet 205 Store Policy. Dope. 40 years or so ago, my brother and his wife went to so-and-so to purchase a refrigerator. They find one they like and go to pay for it. My brother pulls out his checkbook, but is stopped by the clerk, who explains that they don't accept checks unless you have a charge account with them. Why would you need to write a check if you have a charge account? My brother nicely asks for a manager. The manager repeats the same thing the clerk said and asks if he wants to open an account. My brother thinks about it for a minute and says, okay. He's personally escorted to the credit department by the manager who hovers around while he's doing the paperwork. The manager then walks him back to the appliance department and completes his purchase using his brand new account number. Once they're done, my brother looks at the receipt and asks if that was the total amount for the refrigerator. The clerk and manager who's still there say yes. My brother pulls out his checkbook, writes a check for the total, hands it to the clerk and says, I've paid the balance in full, now close the account. He turns to the manager and says, 
My wife and I just bought a five bed, four bath house that needs to be completely furnished and I planned on doing that here. Please let your higher ups know that due to their asinine policy, I will never set foot in this store again. And they never did. You can tell that this is a policy that was definitely driven by some higher up how the customers think and how this is going to negatively affect the business. You can see how somebody high up is going to be like, oh, this will make everybody sign up for our program. This is going to generate so much loyalty and money. They don't realize people's willingness to just walk away because it's just not worth it. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now, if you want to hear another malicious compliance story that was way crazier than any of the ones in this video, click on that left video. Or if you missed my latest video, check out the one on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories. Hi, this is Paige from Giggly Squad, and I want to talk to you about Splash Refresher and my water intake. Okay, so you guys obviously know that I'm a hydrated girly, but sometimes when you drink that much water, it starts to just taste bland, and you're just like, I need something to spice it up. That's why I love Splash Refresher. It has zero sugar, zero calories, and it's a splash of sweetness. And they come in five different flavors. They're so good. Wild berry, acai grape, pineapple mango, lemon, and mandarin orange. My favorite is the wild berry because I just, I just love a berry. So if you're like me and you're drinking water all day, then try Splash Refresher. It's going to absolutely change your water game and it's good for you.